Hi, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Michael Yovan, and this episode is Beyond the Fourth Dimension. So, Kentakis, in the previous episode called Dimensions, Realms, and Universes, in which you explained how humanity as a species is unaware of its own progression in preparing itself for its consciousness to evolve into the fourth dimension. Can you tell us about other beings that have already evolved into the fourth dimension? Yes, Michael. There are many species, Michael, throughout all universes to what humanity would call extraterrestrials within the fourth dimension. And depending on what realm of consciousness they exist within, they can be of a physical matter or completely non-physical. Those which are of a physical matter are much less dense in physical matter than humans, and those which are non-physical can present themselves as physical beings because they have learned to produce a body through the manifestation of magnetic energy into form by the power of their thought consciousness. Because their realm of existence is so close to our own, have these beings tried to communicate with us in our third dimensional matter world? Many of these beings which exist in the fourth dimension, both physical matter and non-physical in form, have been observing the planet Earth along with many other planets for thousands of human years. In human history, sightings go back 50 to 60,000 years, yet in true reality, it is closer to say for the entire length of human history, as it is evidenced by ancient cave paintings. One of these races are what they have referred to as the greys. They have the capability to move through different vibrations, and so they can and have on many occasions come into the human third vibration. In fact, I will say this, they have a base, or some would say a city of lights, so deep in the ocean that humanity could not as yet enter their vibration. Many sightings have been seen as their spaceships leave the ocean at great speed, going directly into the dark space of our universe. Let me just add one extra thing there, because it just came into my mind. My wife, Michelle, was here on holidays, and she actually saw and took photos of two spaceships actually leaving the ocean water and going directly on about a 45-degree angle, slowly, then suddenly, like the speed of light, and disappeared into the clouds. And that was about four years ago. That is cool. Mm. Wow. And so what do these... And that was greys, I assume. What that do was greys. Yeah. Uh, what do these greys look like? As you may have guessed, Michael, they are called greys because their skin is of a greyish yellow colour. They are much less dense in matter than humans and have no fat on their bodies whatsoever. When a body is full of fat, it is very dense in matter. Muscle is dense too, which is why it physically weighs more than fat. But compared to fat, muscle is a lighter form of matter. The greys have very wiry and thin bodies, which helps them to travel on their spaceships. They travel beyond the speed of light. Therefore, it would be impossible for any kind of dense physical matter to travel in their ships without being disintegrated. Humans could not travel in their ships in third dimensional form as they are now, especially, let's say, light speed. The centrifugal force that is on the outside of their spacecrafts must equal the same centrifugal force on the inside in all areas of their spacecraft. If it does not, it would most likely be torn apart by the sheer force. Oh, that's really interesting. Have the greys been in communication with humans? Uh, the greys have been communicating with some governments during the late 40s, even up to the 70s. In the 1950s, one or two alien spaceships crashed because of radio waves from Earth, interfering with their guiding system, which caused their magnetic energy fields to falter. The end result? They crashed on planet Earth. These beings have since dealt with that issue which is why there are not as many sightings. In actual fact, many do avoid planet Earth. The US government back then realized this and had given orders to their military to try and shoot down any spaceships because they want to obtain the technology within them. 
Have you not noticed how human technology suddenly exploded in the last 60 years, especially in the aeronautical and weapons industry? The space shuttle, lasers and stealth fighters, for example. Are you saying that all modern technology came from the aliens called greys? Oh, no, Michael, that is not what I am saying. Most of the modern technology, when it comes to giving credit, would be given to one of the most amazing minds in his time. His name is Nikola Tesla, the genius of the 1920s. Let's take this one step further. It's a well-known fact, although most humans are still very sceptical of its truth, that ex-President Nixon in his time had contact with the Greys. There is apparently a photograph of him shaking hands with an alien being. The US government apparently had signed a contract agreement with the Greys for weapon technology in exchange for giving them permission to take some humans as needed for their experimentations. The Greys carry out experiments on humans as humans do on animals. Let us all just stop for a moment and think about this. Human beings see animals as lesser beings to themselves and therefore feel no ethical dilemma in experimenting on them, justifying such acts as helping humanity. The greys also see humans as lesser beings to themselves and therefore see no ethical dilemma either, believing their studies of the human animal are to the benefit of many races. So don't be offended with them. They are behaving no differently to human beings and rationalise their experimentations in the same way. So people from Earth were being abducted back then. Are they still being abducted under the same principle as it was in the past? No, not at all, Michael. They are not. But if we look at it all honestly, well over 4.3 million human people have disappeared in the last 20 years. That's a lot of people. Why would you hide such a massive amount of people? <laughs> That's a good question, Michael, a very hard one to answer. Well, <laughs> um, let, let's put it this way. To answer, there is more happening on this planet than most humans would ever like to admit. That, I believe, would have to be another podcast on its own. But let's go back to the greys being given permission to abduct the locals. After almost a decade of abducting humans, it seems it was becoming quite obvious that many human beings were disappearing all over planet Earth. So the US government had to put a stop to it. <laughs> As a result, the passing on of so-called modern technology was also stopped, which is why the US military were given orders, apparently, to try and bring down any spaceships in or around the Earth in secret. What the government didn't count on was that the greys were just as cunning as humans and only gave them old, outdated technology. The greys see humans as an animal which is evolving, but one which is also becoming a real threat because humans are very aggressive in nature and allow their fears to influence their judgments and actions. Therefore, the greys wouldn't be stupid enough to give a race they considered unpredictable and unevolved, the latest weapons in technology, just as the governments wouldn't openly give the Russians or Chinese their latest weapon technology, because they would always want to keep the upper hand with what could become a real threat. Have any other aliens from other worlds made contact with humanity? Yes, absolutely, Michael. There have been several different alien races communicating with humans all over the world. There was a race of beings referred to as the Blues, so named because their skin is of a more bluish tinge in appearance, who had also made contact with the US government at one point in the recent past. They are fourth dimensional beings, but of a higher vibration than the Greys. Sadly, the government and military seemed only interested in what kind of weapon technology they could obtain from these beings. The excuse that was given they needed to be the most powerful country in order to keep the peace on Earth. So what was being offered to them? Well, Michael, when a world lives in fear, they always want the biggest gun. The Blues offered friendship and wisdom. They came in peace, but they realised that human beings had not yet evolved enough in their consciousness and had therefore not advanced in their wisdom. 
The Blues offered wisdom to help humanity grow, but could not give weaponry as they no longer had weapons because there was no need for them in their realm of existence. They then just disappeared in front of the military officials and teleported back to their ships. The Blues have not contacted any human governments since then and instead made contact with individual human beings who are more or much more highly evolved in their consciousness. I think it must be understood that the more an entity evolves, the less imbalances and fearful it becomes. In order to progress into the fifth dimension, one must have completely let go of their ego and their fears. The blues are entities which are on the verge of entering the fifth dimension and are able to travel into the fifth dimension and communicate with beings in the fifth. Can we communicate with fifth dimensional beings now? Ah, yes. Interesting question, Michael. Let's put it this way. The light of a being from a fifth dimension is very powerful in vibration, that the average human body would not be able to withstand the energy it emits. It's like putting 250 volts of electricity through a wire that is only designed to take 50 volts. The wire would melt just like you would melt which is what human combustion is. A fifth-dimensional being wouldn't have to enter your human body for this to occur. They could be near you and you could still combust, but these beings would never endanger an entity in such a way and would communicate with human beings in ways which would not harm them. Humans can bring them closer, but it means raising your human consciousness in order to meet theirs and that includes purifying your human body by making it less dense in matter. This is possible, and human beings are doing it now. Wow. Can you tell us about the world of a fifth-dimensional race? Yes. First, fifth-dimensional beings have no physical matter. They are totally made up of light energy, and they are pure, unconditional love. They don't eat food as humans do, but absorb energy, which is the totality of their existence. There is no hatred, anger, or jealousy. Absolutely no ego. Ego cannot go into the upper realms of the fourth dimension and can never go into the fifth dimension or beyond. Everything is a pure state of being, and everyone evolves for the higher good of everyone else. There are no expectations. Their level of thinking is so far above third-dimensional thinking that it would be incomprehensible for the majority of human beings to understand them. This is not said to insult or offend. It is simply a fact that the difference in consciousness between the third and the fifth dimension is enormous. While everything on planet Earth naturally lives off something else, they don't have insects or animals or fish life and they don't have parasites of any sort. They only have plant life that has been consciously manifested. In the fifth dimension, there is no need for such an existence because nothing ever dies. They have no physical body, so they don't need to eat or drink or even breathe. There is no decay or death as human beings understand it because it is only a physical matter which deteriorates. Everything is in harmony, and their whole purpose is to evolve and to help other beings evolve. They have trees, flowers, mountains, and rivers. There is no pollution. Their trees don't lose leaves, nor do they rot or decay. Everything is perfectly in harmony, as some would say, in pure bliss. Trees and plants are created as a result of their collective consciousness creating them. Their plant life does not grow, but there is no wind, no heat or cold to blow leaves onto the ground. It is what you would call, Michael, a perfect world. Wow. I was going to say, if nothing ever dies, might it become a bit boring, but then you said it's bliss. You're living in bliss and evolving. How beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. We don't understand that process, even though it may be explained to us, because our consciousness is here. It's not up there. And for us to understand the concept of living in pure bliss would mean we would have to let go 
of all our belief systems, our fears, our insecurities, and especially our egos. Once we do that, the level of our thinking, even our consciousness, changes. Yeah, yeah, I get you. And what about nighttime? Do they have nighttime on these planets? They can, yes. Not all the time, but some do create nighttime. Yes, that's very true. They do it for the visual effect. It's like they can stand on a balcony that they've created and manifested, and they can look out into the moonlight, and they can be at peace within themselves. It's like drawing on the past, but not living it. You know what I mean? It's not living in the emotions. You're simply creating things. It's like you and your mind using your imagination to create, say, a meditation where you see yourself standing on the beach and it may be nighttime, the moon is shining off the water. It's the same principle. You're actually at peace. You're finding peace. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Creating a nighttime. You can have the moonlight. You can also be seeing the stars. And then because you're so advanced, you could look further and not only just see the stars, but see onto the actual um, other planets that are out there. And they, yeah. That's what they do. Really? That's what they do. Yes, they have the ability to do that. Yes. Wow. You can take your consciousness when you're in the fifth dimension at the speed of light to any destination that your being can take you. And you can see what is actually happening. But even so, or such say, even though they live in the fifth dimension, they are still evolving, Michael. Right. When I think of my father, Yarkas Cardas, people ask, you know, how, how old is this being? And I say to him, well, I, I don't know. But all I know is that he's many, many um, billions of years old. And that's all you can say. No one really knows. And he's, yeah, he's, he's still evolving too. There might be those that are, you know, two times, ten times above him. That's right. In evolution. And if, absolutely. And if the universe is trillions and trillions of years old, well, there's got to be beings that could be a trillion years old. Can you imagine how they create and that's why humanity, you know, believes in this God that created Earth in seven days. These beings can create. I've seen my father create things just like that. It's like I do it in my book called The Dream Assassin, Volume 1 and 2. I create through the power of thought consciousness, through my mind, through my imagination and believing. And that, that is the formula but you have to practice and practice and practice and grow consciously for that to work. Wow. So, Kentakis, what about time when it comes to these fifth dimensional beings? Uh, Michael, good question. I'm glad you asked that. There is no time in a fifth dimensional space, not like on planet Earth. Humanity is conditioned to believe in time because it has become a belief system within humanity's evolution, created by man alone. The reason nothing ever dies or perishes is because there is no physical matter to die from. All is simply pure living energy. Without a physical structure, there is also no night, because that is governed by time, which is a third dimensional concept. And as I explain, they don't live to time. From a human perception, one of these beings could be 3,000 to 20 million Earth years old. But in their reality, they are infinite. They don't need to sleep because they absorb energy continually. Sex, as humanity understands, does not exist. They procreate through the power of thought, and energy is projected and manifested into another being. Or two beings, who are apparently close, may choose to project their energies together and create another being which is a blending of both their energies. A new, fully grown being comes into existence which will grow consciously and already have the knowledge of both those beings that created it. 
by their power of thought, they can manifest the physical body at will, and they can choose what they even look like, and can choose to wear clothes if they wish, or they may simply wish to exist as a spark of living consciousness, which is light. Wow, I must say it sounds pretty inviting to exist like that without a physical body. It would be amazing to be able to think a thought and then it appears in front of you. And Well, it's like saying this, Michael. If we look at our vibration here physically, right, we've got like what is called a, an astral world. We also have a spirit world. A lot of people think that the astral world is the same as the spirit world. Well, it's actually not. The spirit world is our gateway to practice our art, our magic, just like fifth dimensional beings. And if we can grasp it while we're living in a physical body, and when we enter the astral, not the astral, the spirit world, we can then hone our craft when it comes to manifestation and how to travel and how to be a light being even before we enter the higher realms of the fourth and eventually the fifth. So the, the, uh, I'm trying to picture the spirit world and compare it to the astral world. I feel to me, it feels like it's kind of spirit world is in the middle and further up of the astral. Is that okay? Let me, let me put it this way. This is an easy way. I just had a thought. Okay. You're living here physically and you live a certain way, you grow up with certain emotions, be it negative or positive. Now, some people end up really in a bad way and they cause such chaos and violence that they end up in jail. So they're locked away, aren't they? They're locked in a jail. And that jail is a low vibration because they are low-thinking people because all they want to do is hurt others. Now, you put yourself... When you leave this earth from the prison, where do you go? Normally to the lower end of the astral world. So it's like being back in prison. And only you can grow in awareness and learn forgiveness through unconditional love and guidance and evolve up the ladder of the astral vibration. And in, in time, as you know it, you pass through another vibration into the spirit world, which is a higher realm again. So you travel up again this entire massive ladder and eventually, eventually, you enter the fifth dimension and so on and so on. And that's what it's like. So lower level of astral up to higher level of astral which yes. connects with the spirit world, which then goes from right. beyond that. That's higher. right. If, if you're a really bad person, like say, you know, you kill people, you've done really wrong, um, you've caused a lot of deaths, you end up in that part of the astral world and you cannot enter a higher realm in the spirit world. People think you can. They're wrong. They can't. And if you did by some freaky chance... You will be drawn back. You, you know, it's like when you go out of your body, you astral out of your body, and you go and do something really naughty. Have you ever felt that you suddenly, everything changes and you're drawn back at the speed of light? Or something else recreates itself so you're no longer in that circumstance? Your higher self is teaching you that, hey, come on, don't keep doing the same thing over and over again in the astral world, because that's where you're going to end up. Yeah, I, I'm starting to understand that more and more, Kentakis. And I just also wanted to ask, how do light beings travel? You know how we think a thought. Well, when a fifth dimensional being thinks a thought, it can be by projection to a particular destination or simply move their being by self-movement to that destination. In a way, it's like time travel. They travel by thought, which creates manifestation. For example, they can be, let's say, in Australia one moment and then manifest or teleport themselves into America in less than a micro of a second. They can also split, separate their energies and be in more places at the same time, 
with the same conscious level while being totally connected to each other's energies. Fifth dimensional beings don't experiment on any other forms of life. Rather, they encourage all conscious beings like humans to grow consciously and evolve with wisdom and compassion. They do not have ceremonies or rituals, but they often have discussions and communicate with each other in matters which will help them grow consciously. For example, they wouldn't sit and talk about a TV show or gossip about someone, as their minds are beyond such trivialities, but they would discuss their observations of other forms of life and try to find ways of helping these life forms evolve consciously. These beings present themselves to humans in a way so they can be recognized, like spirit guides. These beings present themselves to a person from a time when they would have recognized them, such as when they had a life with them previously. To do so, they must step down in levels of consciousness so that the person can accept their energies and not be combusted by the light, which is what the blues aliens did when they communicated with the governments. So what would be the steps to evolve to the, into the fifth dimension? No, Michael, you're not allowed to go there yet, mate. You've got a long way to go. <laughs> okay, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, in order to evolve as a being into the fifth dimension, you must progress through the fourth first, depending on what type of dimension you are currently within. The fourth dimension in its higher realms is the final stage step to becoming 100% consciously evolved beings. It's the last stop where you must let go of everything to do with physical existence as all your fears, beliefs, conditioning. That that's where beings can exist as pure forms of light, existing in a pure state of being, allowing other life forms to evolve without interference. When you can allow another being to grow and evolve in their own time and space, you are truly a wise and compassionate entity. So, Kentakis, how many races of beings exist in the fifth dimension? Well, to be honest, Michael, that is really a very, very hard question to answer. Um, I don't think there are many beings who could actually give you that answer, except someone like Yarkas Cardas or even Taikani, uh, who, who actually create planets and worlds and life forms. They would know, but unfortunately, I don't. I can find out if you would like me to. You know, you know, we don't do this enough, Kentakis. On these, on these recordings, uh, you know, the, and, and how I know you and how I want the audience to know you, this is the kind of thing we can do on occasion. So let me put this to you. In this universe alone, a race, for instance, like the Nakarons, that would be a number one. How many, going back to that same question, if you could look it up, how many races have evolved and are now existing within the fifth dimension just in this universe one huh oh, okay the Chirons. yeah 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 yeah. yes they've been a, they're the longest living race at this time that i know of which is just over 27 um, million earthly years and so like the blues are, are close to getting there uh, the blues come. The blues come from another universe. Oh, you serious? Yes. So the they've travelled over. Their home universe is elsewhere. That's right. Ah. That's right. Because because they've already progressed, um, um, say a little bit sort of beyond the fourth dimension in a way, and they're entering shortly the fifth. They have the capacity to no longer have physical bodies. It's like. It's like saying, which is a little bit of an idea, but maybe not the total reality of truth. It's like saying an entire world was dying out and they all went into spirit world in their dimension and no life forms were being born. So when the, when the planet perished, all life form, when it came to an intelligent species, they were all within spirit world and through their own evolution, they chose not to reincarnate back into a physical body. So they literally evolved and progressed from their form of spirit world 
up the ladder of their own consciousness and very shortly entering the fifth dimension in their own universe. Not like here on Earth, where we actually have a fifth dimension for our species. Can you can you understand the groups of that? Yeah, somewhat. That's very yes. unique. Yeah. Yes, it is very yeah. unique. Yeah. And most people have absolutely no idea of that type of existence. But I do. I do. I communicate. I'll say this now. I communicate with different inner world beings who have progressed beyond their physical essence and they are evolving in their own form of consciousness by learning from other worlds. They travel through vibrations, just like I was explaining about a fifth dimensional being, being able to think it and be there. That's how they travel. Because there is no such thing in reality as distance. Just like when I create um, in my book, um, the first one, The Dream Assassin, Volume 1, I created the show tent to be like, say, 10 times larger inside. Than it looks on the outside. That's right, because I created space within space, and scientists, I don't think, have fully connected to that reality as yet. It's like taking um, a cell. If you get a cell and say you could open it up, you would keep opening up all the layers, a cell within a cell, a cell within a cell, a cell within a cell. So the outer part would look um, a certain size, but the inner part could be, I don't know, 100 times larger. Oh, that's awesome. Can I ask, on Nicaris, what's an example of how they've used that technology? For instance, a huge show tent where they've used that technology, they've made something have a lot more space on the inside than on the outside. Is that something they do? Yeah, to to simply answer that question, they have the technology that they can open up space within space. Yes. It's it's like um <laughs> it's like these buildings they have that are so enormous that are nearly three kilometers high. They have a pivot point where the lift which is unbelievable, the lift inside from the ground floor all the way up. And these pyramids literally sit on top of each other. And there's no form of support on the outer edges. It's like getting a pyramid and putting it on top, but you've got a little flat surface and you just keep sitting in there and you go all the way up. But they're only balancing. Where they use energy technology to create a force field to hold them in place. And it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible to see it. You look up and you see this building that's 65 levels and there's like so many of them. And you reach up to three kilometers high. It's just, it's enormous. So yeah, like just to clarify, they like a, a normal pyramid which goes up and has a point at the top. At that point is where another one is sitting flat on top of it. That's right. Well, yeah, I get you. I thought that's what you were saying, but that's so cool. And right where it sits, you come out a certain distance, there is a massive um, elevator shaped like um, a large egg. And you can get the elevator from both sides and you can just go up to where you want. It's one massive elevator. And it moves so fast that a human, human stomach, would be left at the ground, at the bottom. <laughs> well, and there's, they're, they're okay when they do it? Yeah, but Nicarons are much lighter because they're less dense. You don't get um, an overweight Nicaron. It happened for millions of years. It just doesn't happen. Their diets um, are so balanced that for, for a Nicaron to start eating human food, they would probably perish very quickly. That's interesting. Yeah, because their system is not designed to eat garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just to close that loop of what we were saying about space within space, um, were, were you saying that this example of the, the this uh, apartment complex that you've described, when they go inside to an individual uh, 
person's place, is it uh, much larger than it looks on the other side, uh, on the outside? No, it's no. actually huge um, in itself. In it's itself, huge. yeah, I thought you might say yeah. that, yeah. Yes, it's huge yeah. within itself, yes. Wow. Yeah, it's massive. There's two apartments on each level only. And you've got one in the front and one in behind from the elevators in the corridors, and they are massive. When you go inside, it's like putting two houses together, two big houses together. It's right, quite interesting to actually observe. And again, the builders, with the help of the Nakarons, through energy um, technology, they create the pyramids. The Ilias. The Ilias. They created those pyramids for the Nakarons in exchange for them to help um, create a force field around their planet. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I, I mentioned that to you. Cool. Yeah. So it makes me think like there's just infinity, even just within the fifth dimension. <laughs> I would have to have a little laugh on that question, Michael. It probes a memory of mine from my past when I asked my father, Yarkas Cardas, how many dimensions exist within dimensions? He looked at me with eyes that looked right through me, replying, infinity. <laughs> That's exactly how he said it. So to answer your question, Michael, from the fifth dimension onwards, there are hundreds of thousands of dimensions in existence. Humanity exists in one dimension being the third. To comprehend that there are several billion universes in existence is mind-blowing within itself. To raise your human consciousness, humanity would have to realize there are in truth billions of universes because all the universes have been in existence for trillions of human years and is in a constant flux, expanding continually through evolution. At present, humanity is locked in a vibration of physical matter. Once humanity goes beyond matter, you evolve through the fourth and into the fifth dimension. And beyond the fifth, there are many more levels. We, no matter what level of consciousness we exist within, are simply on a journey of self-discovery. Just always remember... You can't progress beyond these levels until you progress beyond the level of consciousness you currently exist within. And that goes for all dimensions of existence throughout all universes. Wow, that does blow my mind. What I'm trying to formulate as my question, we go to a planet, it seems barren, yet you have said to me in the past that we cannot see what life exists there at present because we are seeing it from a third dimensional outlook. Is that right? Or can you give the listener a better example of that? Well, I suppose, I suppose the best way to explain it, Michael, is like this. A human being goes to the moon or Pluto or Saturn or Jupiter, and all they can see from their third dimensional sight are dead planets. So they will only look for remnants or evidence that physical life being third dimensional, like their own once existed, there because they are looking from a third dimensional level of consciousness. Everything that exists on planet Earth is third dimensional. Why is the question? The answer is everything is energy and energy is everything. It doesn't matter if it's a rock, an animal, a flower, a plant, a river, a tree, the ocean, or a human being, as everything that exists on planet Earth vibrates at a particular frequency until that level of consciousness evolves into a higher vibration. So what I am saying, if that human being or beings could elevate their consciousness into, let's say, fourth dimension, then revisit those planets, they would see another form of existence, another vibration beaming with life forms. Unfortunately, because of their third dimensional thinking and their beliefs, that matter being a physical reality is just like their own third dimensional reality equals the same life existence. They will naturally not see any other form of life. Sadly, if something happens or is experienced that is non-physical, most human beings believe it is an illusion, like an hallucination or trickery. They search to find a physical explanation 
because they are unable to comprehend that life can and does exist beyond the physical third dimension. There is a saying, just because you cannot see it or touch it does not mean it doesn't exist. Indeed. Yeah. How long will it take for humanity to evolve into the fifth dimension? Will we ever get there? Absolutely, Michael. That in human time will become their reality. Humanity will eventually get there. To evolve from third dimensional matter into the fifth, it will take many hundreds of thousands of human years, if not several million, as it all depends on the willingness of all humanity. Beings that exist in the fifth dimension were once third dimensional. Humanity collectively fears stepping beyond their physical matter existence and fears accepting the concept that life could possibly exist in non-physical dimensions. It is humanity's biggest challenge to accept that life goes way beyond the physical and that physical existence is only a minuscule portion of what the totality of existence really is. Beings in the fifth dimension are completely free as their existence of life is tranquil because they are unlimited in thought and body. They don't run rampant and harm other forms of life because they have evolved out of the need to dominate. They have evolved beyond fear or non-existence because they know that energy never dies. It just transforms into a new form of life and it always has and naturally it always will. Has humanity had this opportunity to grow consciously earlier in our evolution? Uh, yes, there was a time in human history when humanity could have taken another road in their own evolution, but they chose science and technology over conscious evolution. Another opportunity will rise, and yes, it is coming. If every human was to learn to meditate within themselves, to learn to understand evolution and the universe, they would begin to understand themselves. But first, human beings must travel back and discover, find out who they were to begin with and why they are what they are today. Human beings, as a physical being, are in reality very aggressive and unbalanced in their own self-created emotions and therefore prone to paranoia, which causes them to want to dominate or destroy anything perceived to be a threat before taking the time to understand it. It is human nature to be scared of what is not understood, but that is simply the human ego's fears of relinquishing control to something greater and wiser than itself. Why do we have to evolve out of physical existence into a non-physical existence? Are there beings in dimensions beyond the fourth which are physical? Uh, yes, Michael, there are partly physical forms of life in the fourth dimension, such as the greys. But as they evolve towards the fifth, they also completely shed their physical matter existence. Humanity needs to evolve beyond the third dimension to go back to what they once were, pure living energy. Every being in existence, no matter where their level of consciousness exists, needs to evolve themselves back up the consciousness ladder to become a pure energy once more. There will come a time within all universes where the first, second and third dimensions will no longer exist. Therefore, no physical forms of life will exist. All life forms will become a nation of pure equality in all things, where only unconditional love will exist. We as beings will have total abilities to create through manifestation in everything. Wow. Is there an infinite number of dimensions? That is, is there a set limit on the number of dimensions that can exist at any one time? No, Michael. The number of dimensions are infinite and continue to expand and evolve just as universes. Dimensions just as universes and realms coexist. Your aircrafts that fly in the sky pass through spaceships from other dimensions which are observing human evolution. 
but humans are unaware of their existence because they are in another dimension, simply vibrating at a higher frequency. All of humanity walks through other dimensions without even knowing it in every moment of every breath, which refers to multi-dimensional worlds that coexist within us and around us. Dimensions exist within dimensions that exist within dimensions. Only a fine veil separates them. Everything vibrates at a particular frequency. There are worlds existing all around your planet Earth. The only reason humanity cannot see them is the vibration they vibrate at. To enter another dimension, all you have to do is shift your consciousness slightly and a door will open to your sight. The most important ingredient is believing and practice is essential. Consider this, Michael. The physical body as an example of multidimensional existence, it is in the third dimension, but it has several levels of existence. The outer shell, then the organs within it, and within those organs are cells which are themselves made up of smaller particles again. And those particles are made up of smaller ones again. All are physical matter, but all in slightly different dimensions. Humans accept them because they can see them. Yet before the microscope, the tiny particles that made up cells were unseen. So a whole new world was opened up because humans chose to shift their consciousness ever so slightly. It is no different to opening up a door to the non-matter worlds of the fourth dimension and beyond. It is just a shift in thinking. If human beings were suspicious when they first saw cells under a microscope, they would have said, what trickery is this? What deviltry exists in the human body? But they accepted that it was a part of their existence. So why not non-matter worlds? The human body is a multi-dimensional existence, but exists in one world, the physical third dimension. Yeah, I like the way you explain that answer, Kentakis. What would you say to a person who wants to consciously grow and evolve into a fifth dimensional being? Well, each of you as human individuals, whether you live in the first, second, third, fourth or fifth dimension, are all responsible for your actions in your human life, from each incarnation to another, from each thought to every action be it negative or positive. You have many rules in your society and many conditions of human law. Those rules, those conditions exist for a reason, to hold you in line, to try and prevent unevolved humans from creating harm to others or from taking from others what you don't deserve. In the fourth dimension, at certain levels of consciousness, the same rules apply because there is also ego at the lower end within the fourth dimension, as in the third. But ego is only negative emotions, conditions and beliefs, which are based on fears and insecurities. So when you face yourselves, which is your greatest challenge, you can grow beyond those limitations and enter higher realms. The realms between the third and fifth is the fourth, and it is within the fourth dimension that you must grow beyond the emotions to become spontaneous to have no fears, no anger, no hatred, no jealousy, no vindictiveness, lust or greed. And when each human being accomplishes that through your incarnations, you go beyond that fourth dimension into the fifth. And it is here you see the truth for what it is without judgment. In the fifth dimension, you are a conscious living being who are no longer afraid of the unknown or to venture out into what you do not understand. The physical human being here on planet Earth at the moment is very fearful in their existence because they are so highly conditioned and controlled by beliefs and conditioning. Many are unable to think outside the little black boxes that they live within. To grow and evolve, no matter what level of consciousness you are in, you each must ask yourselves the question, why? You each need to step forward to understand who you are, what you are, and where you are going. 
You need to understand where you've come from, what created you, or were you just biologically created from a single cell organism over billions of years ago? These are some of the many unanswered questions that scientists on your planet Earth are seeking answers today. Each of you as human individuals throughout the universes has the spark of light within them and all of humanity are interconnected. You all come from the same place, from light itself. So in your quest for truth and conscious evolution, do not fear the unknown, for it is the unknown which will set you free from the beliefs and conditioning which are your self-created limitations. It is important to evolve, to grow beyond what you are, because that is how you can venture out and journey into other realms of existence. The choice is an individual's one. If you choose to live in the human ego world of wars, injustice and cruelty to each other, then you will live in that ego world until you choose to disperse it and grow consciously. But when you evolve your self-consciousness, even as a physical being, you will be able to take your awareness with you into other dimensions and bring back knowledge which you can use in your third dimensional existence to elevate you far beyond the ego world of humanity. When you become a living example for others to follow, you truly are helping humanity evolve. For only through an honest heart can the truth of existence manifest itself into any form of reality. And that is where inner truth comes into existence. That, Michael, is beyond the fourth dimension. Ah, oh, brilliant. Thank you, Kentakis. And as we um, come to a close on this excellent uh, episode, I, I wanted to, I was just thinking as you were saying that last part, I wanted to, to say others can um, be helped as it relates to growing beyond their limitations and this and that. If by uh, having a, a session with you, they can they can uh, book a session and talk to you about what's going on in their lives. And you you know this isn't all that you do just doing this podcast. You actually are quite a, um, a what do you call yourself a motivator? Um, a- uh, more more so, I'm into the metaphysical side of existence, where I explain to people why they are the way they are, and how their present existence through their emotions and their genetic transfer shapes their life. And most are never even aware of it. And they wonder why so many things go wrong for them. And it's their past and their genetics that cause that issue to start with. And once we realize that, and we realize that those genetics are are actually not our emotions, we can learn to change. They're not ours because they've been passed down genetically, you're saying? Absolutely, yes. We can just simply shed them. Yeah, when we speak about human disease, which it could be the next subject, that will actually explain a lot more depth about disease itself and why we create it. Disease, disease in truth, hardly, and I mean probably less than a, a fifth of a percent, exists on a planet like the Ilias, a planet like the Nicarons, a planet like the Muhars, even the planet called the Hemazines, which are the legend of the vampires, they rarely have any form of disease. Here on Earth, oh my God, human disease is rampant. Well, the big thing is we, we're eating, like you said, quite a lot of garbage. It's mostly Absolutely. that, isn't it? Absolutely. And that affects our genes and that gets passed down yeah. and we suffer before, even if we're eating good food, we're suffering from our past genetics. But what's in food that is... Um, created for the masses, is so bad. It literally does change our genetics over a period of time. And we then pass on that to our children. And we feed food to our children that we shouldn't be, that we're eating because we've been conditioned by our parents and they've been conditioned by their parents. And they say that's how it's always been, so just eat it. But that's wrong. We're not giving our children the birthright to choose. I choose sugar. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It tastes so good, I want more sugar. <laughs> well, that's about true, Michael. Yeah. You feed a kid, you feed a little kid like an infant. I've seen, oh, I could tell you some stories about what I've seen about how parents feed um, a 14-month-old child Easter eggs. Oh. You know? Yeah. It's, it's so bad. And yet we create food worldwide that is so damaging, not just to our development in consciousness, but to our human body. And by the time we turn 40 and 50, we've got some hereditative diseases, especially cancer. It's killing millions of people. It's just unbelievable. So these other races, they're much better when it comes to their diet. Oh, is it absolutely. also, is it a lot more um, simple or do they still have a lot of variety? Oh, they have variety, but it's still simple, Michael. Yes. Yeah, they don't eat. They don't eat food um, the way we eat food. We eat food because we're conditioned to eat more food. They eat food to grow, to keep their bodies healthy, because they know that's what it will do. And it also lengthens their lifespan. Wow, yeah. Just to clarify uh, something, when you mentioned the, the, Muhards, the Muhards earlier, um, when you were mentioning the different races and how they, they had very little sickness compared to us, very little, uh, that... That, the muhars, they're the ones that we call the greys, is that right? Or are oh, they no. I, I, they're separate, my friend. No, okay. they're separate. They're very separate. Um, they're, a, they're a race that if we, have the, if we have that moment in time, we'll actually talk about them. We'll actually discuss them like we do with these. I'll explain a lot about their civilization. Um, I won't do it now. I was going to mention one thing, but I won't. Um, but just that their way of... of um, say procreating is one of the most interesting ways that i've ever come to know about yeah i see i look forward to that and so the next episode you reckon will be it could be about health because you've got a lot to share yeah i think we should talk about human disease yeah uh, we'll make we'll make the next um episode in our podcast all about um human disease well that as well as the flip of the coin which is healing right yes um, um healing with the light yeah. That could be a lengthy one, I think. I've got a friend that's been asking about that episode to come. I've been looking forward mm -hmm. to that. Yes. Yeah. I, I, can, I can actually teach anyone, doesn't matter who they are, even a child. Michael, I have a little four-year-old boy that I taught at two how to rub his hands together really fast and feel his own aura. And he says, energy because I teach him the word energy, and my wife does also. And he says, feel energy. And he can feel it like a sponge between his hands. And this is the most simplest, but the most easiest to show a person. All you do is just think about your heart and rub your hands really fast together for about 15 seconds. And then very slowly from the heart, draw your hands slowly apart about, say, five centimetres. Then very gently feel as if there is like something pushing against your hands. And as you move them in very slowly, you can feel as if there is an invisible sponge between both hands. And if you get to a point where it becomes so noticeable, and as you push, you really, really feel like it's pushing you apart because that's your energy. That's what you are made from, living energy that has created every single thing that exists in every single universe, from a rock to a tree to a plant to an animal to an insect to a human or any other life forms in any other universes. It all manifested, including the ocean, including the mountains, including the planets, from living energy, and it fills the entire planet on planet Earth. It fills the entire universe in, in our dimension and every dimension that actually exists. It can never, ever run out 
because consciousness is continually expanding in every moment of every breath. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Kentakis. You're very welcome. Kentakis, have you got any final words? Your human body is a vessel. Your ego is a vessel of learning. Your aura is your life force connected to you through the mind to your soul. The mind is your knowledge connected directly to your soul. Your soul is the infinite spark of all that you have been and all that you will become. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Kentakis. And uh, like we were saying, you're able to give uh, consultations. So if anyone would like to uh, have a one-on-one -on -one session with Kentakis, simply email kentakis at gmail.com and you can start that up. And of course, you've got books with lots of knowledge in them. The book of knowledge, I Am Alien, is huge. And if anyone wants to gain some more wisdom that way, then go for that. There's also the book Entrapment and also... Uh, the fictional book, The Dream Assassin, Volume 1. And now, yeah, how's Volume 2 going? Well, I'm just very close to reaching 180,000 words. When I reach 200, I've only got 85,000 to go. Wow. And I'm really trying to get that finished by um, probably by September, October at the latest. But I won't be actually... Uh, self-publishing that one, Michael, I've decided that when I finish that book and it's all finished and edited, I'm going to really put some energy into finding a really good literary agent who will take my book directly to films, not just to traditional publishers, but directly to a producer to create at least, at least four to six movies from both books. That's my vision. That's my aim. Wow. Yeah, that's that'll be great. I would love to see this imagination of yours on the screen. Yeah, and 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 yeah, and one of the other things is I know what you said before about being a fictionist book. Yes, it is based on fiction, but a very strong touch of reality. And the reason I say this, it's a new way a thought that I got to create a book that is also for entertainment, but also a teaching book with knowledge. Yeah, I picked that up as I was reading it. It was expanding and, and what was possible in a physical dimension, um, the magic and, and uh, the possible action. It's great. Yeah, it was a really good, really good book. Yeah. Oh, just one thing, Michael, about dimensions. Um, I remember I remember um, my father, Yakus Kardas, when I was living on um, Nakaris, and he was supposed to come down, and I waited for him. And I'm sitting in my apartment looking out of this massive window, and I'm thinking to myself, where are you? You know, and I'm sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. And I says, come on. I says, Father, where are you? And a voice spoke out. I'm sitting on the lounge opposite you. And I looked over to my right, a little bit behind me, where the other lounge was. And there he was, sitting just like me. I said, how did you do that? And he said, time travel. And when he explained to me that... Beings like him and the fifth dimensional beings, they learn to think it and they are there. There's no noise whatsoever. You literally appear in that particular destination. What I said before in our episode, this episode, I said that we enter the spirit world also for learning in how to develop our consciousness. And if we can develop it in the physical world, take that knowledge with us into the spirit world, 
it will elevate us much higher, much quicker into the fifth dimension. You're saying, yeah, I've read this from you earlier. Like, are you saying that as opposed to just being in the physical to also be active in the spirit world while we're sleeping can be a great enhancer for our consciousness. Absolutely. And the one of the greatest gifts, imagination. When you lay down and you're about to go into a sleep zone, create what you want by repeating it in your vision of your imagination, seeing it, believing it, and eventually you'll start to do it. And the more you do it, the easier it will become. But do it with an honest heart. Because if you take a negative road in that form of development, it will crush you and you will suffer terribly. Because you can't live a negative existence in the spirit world. Only in the human world and the lower ends of the astral. So be true in heart, always. Thank you. Okay, well, that's it for this episode, and we look forward to the next one, which what will we call the next one? Human disease or uh, like... We, we, we could actually call it understanding human disease. Yeah, understanding human disease. Mm. Okay, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And, uh, yeah, my name is Michael Yon. Stay tuned for more.